Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. in my office with a plate of grilled bacon call a man dwight just to see what was shaking yo mike our town is dope and pretty so check out how we live in the electric city they call it scranton what the electric city scranton what the electric city lazy scranton the electric city they call it that because of the electricity <laughs> the city is laid out from east to west and our public parking libraries are truly the best call poison control if you're bitten by a spider but check that it's covered by your healthcare, healthcare provider. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are wrapping a scene from The Office. Yes. This was called Lazy, Lazy Scranton and written by Michael Scott. Yes. <laughs> Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing part two today, you guys, of mental health and the television show The Office. Yep. And yeah, now I call these mini series because I heard another podcast do it, as I mentioned. So I'm picking that up. It works. Yeah, it works. It yeah, works. this one, we're going to break down the specific episode called Counseling. Yes. This was a request by a listener. I I don't think I can say listener names, but it was a request by a listener to do the Office of Mental Health. So we're getting to it now. Right. And as a reminder, this show is Shit Your Shrink Thinks. This is a show where two shrinks tell you what we think about mental health. We go through specific skills. We'll sometimes reference pop culture. We'll do episodes on pop culture, but we also do episodes on diagnosis. Yeah. And specific skills at specific therapy treatments. We're all over the place. We do what we want. (laughs) (laughs) We do... Only what we want. It's because we both have oppositional defiant characteristics and <laughs> we cannot be contained and we were and we refuse to listen to authority on our own places of work and so we have created our podcast to have our disorders in separately. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a good we thing. can let it all fly. Yeah, you guys get to listen to that. Aren't That's you fun. lucky? <laughs> <laughs> also, I just wanted to randomly thank all of the new listeners that we're getting. We're we seem to be getting kind of an influx this year. I don't know if it's because it's the fall and people are kind of enjoying podcast yeah yeah inside time or what's going on but we're getting a lot of people reaching out and that's been really cool so yeah keep doing it thank you it does it really means a lot when people reach out or like we enjoy this like well that's that's really nice yeah yeah (laughs) we enjoy it too but we never know if anybody else is listening so it's fun and also just so you know if if you're reaching out for us to come to a thing we probably can't but hey you know you've asked us so we're we're still listening and we see those things and some people have asked us to be on their podcast their own podcast or Ooh, other cool. things so we will check into that we haven't done that yet but uh maybe maybe yeah. we're not we're not unopen to the idea not it's at all just we're just both juggling a lot of things and also life just keeps progressing with each of those things yes exactly so it's it's not a if we're saying hey not right now it's not a never (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's not a never exactly it's just that we're still trying to figure out everything together so yeah yes so as you guys might remember 
we are learning a little bit about each other on the pod still, and we have a what's good section where we talk about things that are good or we tell little stories about ourselves. So what's good with you this week, Michaela? My what's good is I finally have my baby home. The baby. The baby. That's exciting. Yeah. So now I'm actually getting to learn how to parent. You know, after a month of her being alive, now I'm getting to figure it out. (laughs) What are you learning? What's like, is there anything surprising? I mean, just trying to learn what the different noises mean, what's the wet diaper versus what's the hungry. I also, I mean, with her being in the NICU, I really expected her to be like, leave me alone and don't hold me. Mm -hmm. But turns out she really likes to be held. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's oh, that's beautiful. I'm so excited. Yeah, she's got a lot of hair. That's she what, does. That's my comment. That's everybody's first comment. They're like, "Oh my god, the hair!" It's very cute. It's very cute. Uh, that's that's really exciting. Congratulations. This is a big deal. And it is. It's got to feel a lot better. Oh my god, it feels so good not trying to navigate that bullshit. Yeah, I get you. Uh, well, what's your what's good? My what's good this week is that I have rediscovered eating candy bars with coffee. So sweet. <laughs> That's really ironic that I just offered you a candy bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I go on these benders where I'm a dessert for breakfast type of person. I'm like Ditto. strongly into dessert for breakfast. My family used to save me the pie after Thanksgiving and then I had pie for like a week with coffee nice. for breakfast. And I just say it's European. For those you European listeners you out there. You have pancakes, you have waffles. Those yeah. are like dessert foods. I don't even know if it is European. I just say it is. You get, you know, cookies and coffee a thing yeah i don't know how often i've eaten rice crispy bars there's cereal in there man yeah have you (laughs) (laughs) have you had tim tams before those are like the chocolate little like triangles right yeah they're like a chocolate cookie sort of thing and you can bite two ends they're rectangular shaped okay yeah 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 yeah. you bite both ends off and you can suck coffee up into it (gasps) i think they're australian i think and for Hey, Australian listeners, weigh in on Tin Tams for me because I have no idea what's going on. But I think they're Australian. And you suck coffee up into them. Yeah, and it melts on the inside and then you eat it. So this has been the last time I went to, I, I was overseas. I, I don't know what it is. Every time I'm overseas, it like I go full blown dessert for breakfast, like the entire time. And I come back and I eat candy for breakfast. And I just say that it's because I'm in vacation yep. mode. And it I had a resurgence of it this last week. I've been doing nice. Milky Way Dark with some right. decaf coffee at nighttime. And then I do, <laughs> and then I do the regular leaded version and some kind of like, I've been doing Hershey's symphonies in the morning. So nice. that's where I'm at. I dig I, it. I don't think it's good. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's good probably, but I'm deeply enjoying it. I had that one. And then the other thing I had was, did I ever tell you who I thought I was pretty convinced I could fly as a child? No. Have I told you this? Okay. I had like a, I don't know, when you're a kid, do you ever remember having a belief that you're like, this is an odd belief that I have, but I'm really sure it's true? I mean, I'm pretty sure I quote unquote saw things. Yeah. And I was told, I mean, I don't see things now like that. But Whatever, so you were psychic, you I mean? think. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, I think kids have some weird, anyway. I was, yeah. So you could fly. Yeah, I was convinced I could fly. And I was convinced, it's really funny, I found out my aunt thought that she could fly too. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my aunt was convinced she was a witch and she like tried to jump down the stairs and stuff because oh, she was- shit convinced that she would eventually just fly and the weird part was is i had that same belief and i just found out nobody had communicated this to me that this this was was like a family thing a genetic delusion (laughs) (laughs) but i would jump i would 
I had a swing in my backyard and also there are swings everywhere and I would swing as high as I possibly could and jump and I would jump. And because little kids are made of jelly, right? I would just kind of like, blah, 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 blah. right, just kind of roll, tuck and roll, <laughs> yeah. and then get back on. Yeah, and I was like, oh, not this time, but I'm going to fly. Even, even to the extent where I would jump off like different parts of the deck and like oh, all shit. sorts of. Because your I, poor parents, I, if my <laughs> child just started jumping off shit, I'd be like, please stop, <laughs> give me heart palpitations. Yeah, I never did fly, but I, I think one day, you know, maybe. So that was my, that was my other what's good. I was like, I, th- I don't think Michaela knew. That I thought I could fly. I did not. You know what though? I mean, you kind of can. Yes, yeah. in temporarily. Ways. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> everyone can fly for like one second <laughs> if you jump high enough. You fly for a right amount of time until you hit the ground. <laughs> exactly. I'm surprised I didn't take up skydiving. Honestly, I have no desire to do that now. Really? Mm-mm, none at what all. What about the kind you have like little wings and you kind of just soar? Oh, uh, hang gliding. Yeah, that, hang gliding. That sounds even scarier because people just bite the dust oh, really? on that one yeah oh, like shoot. pretty frequently all right maybe not pass well, if you did that on over like water maybe it wouldn't be as bad yeah maybe that would be cool i mean i still don't have any desire now my i do desire to fly but my fearlessness has been i don't know removed <laughs> i'm deeply afraid of it now <laughs> so that's my fun fact this week i like it yeah did you try anything for outside of session podcast experiment my experiment was just to keep surviving the NICU life. And uh-huh. so now, like I said, she was a month in the NICU, finally released. And my learning from that is just a whole nother appreciation for parents who do have kiddos in the NICU. I mean, I've always had empathy towards that. But, mm-hmm. you know, once you've experienced, you kind of have a deeper understanding mm-hmm. of how that feels and, you know, the struggle and the juggling. So I did learn something through a difficult experience. Yeah. And I know it could be more difficult. Like that's that was part of it too. Like even just seeing some of the other parents and knowing their situations mm-hmm. was just further heartbreaking. Yeah. But- well, I think that's the thing about, you know, social workers, psychologists, therapists in general, as I think that's a lot of times when we go through something personally, we have an ability, a unique ability to transmute the pain or difficulty into mm-hmm. something that we could use for empathy for our clients right? And, and empathy for the world, right? So it's like, it really sucks to go through it, but it's cool that you're able to, you're a person that thinks about it in terms of now I can empathize and now I learn the right. skill. Now, now I have a deeper understanding of how that feels and what that struggle looks like. Yeah. yeah. Which I think a lot of people wouldn't take it that way. A lot of people would be like, poor me, you know, I'm everything. That was a shitty experience. Yeah. Okay, okay let's move. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me just shove that down. But instead you took something and you're trying to learn from it, which is really interesting and not, I think, a common skill. So good for you yeah no i don't think it's i mean i talk to people all day it's not a common skill fair enough i mean 92 but i always try to assume people do yeah yeah it'd be it'd be i think uh people would have more experiences of traumatic growth if they did that but i think not everybody gets to that state because not because they're bad but because i think a lot of people don't even acknowledge that they've been through something yeah i was gonna say because they don't want to it's easier to stuff it down that's part of what we're kind of taught as a culture stuff it down and keep moving don't even look at it yes like Yes. Sorry that happened, but get over it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, doesn't really allow this time for reflection, either grieving what happened or growing from what happened. It just doesn't allow for anything. So right. a lot of people, and people just don't have that skill set. So it's not a dig on anybody no, going through something. It's not at just, all. we're not taught to do that. And so 
But as therapists, we got a little extra special sauce. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I'm glad that that was something that you were able to do. And I'm glad she's home. Yeah, it's so nice having her home, even though it's been like four days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're constantly. still very no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How did your experiment go this week? My experiment has been morphing a little bit over time, but mostly I'm still trying to disengage with what you know, the Zoomers and millennials called toxic hustle culture, mm, which is this concept yep. of like going, 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 always making more money, always doing more things, putting more, 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 and intentionally placing rest. So we joke that I'm the rabbit and I have like a frantic kind of manic energy. I can get like all sorts of shit done, mm -hmm. which is great and like a useful skill, but I'm trying to learn the opposite skill and I'm seeing that when you learn the opposite skill, you can still turn it on and that's great. But I am also learning that just within myself and I've noticed within other people that toxic hustle, that constant go-go, busy-holic, yeah. workaholic, that life. Yeah. And that kind of perfectionism style is definitely a trauma response because yes. it's a, you know, you have fight, flight, fawn, freeze. And that can be something that it's like I'm ensuring or guaranteeing safety in the mm -hmm. future, which there's really no guarantee of. It sucks. I'm sorry to break it to people, but like we right. cannot predict the future or guarantee things. Right. Um, so while some planning and busyness really does help past a certain point it kind of can be a flight response and so I'm just learning oh how do I debug myself from doing that and it's been interesting mm -hmm. <laughs> and it is something that I I'm not resistant to it I really would love to learn it better but it seems like my body physically is resistant to it right because you're used to getting up and doing and going and yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah yep. and so I am learning more about how to catch it in the moment and try to intentionally do an opposite action, which has been awesome. fun. I mean, it's, it's... Right. It's a challenge and it's yeah. a learning experience yeah. and it's taking some serious mental awareness and effort. Yes. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah. And I actually don't think I could have done it if I was working 40 hours a week. I opened my yeah. own thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's been allowing me to... That's been fairly successful so far. And it's... I work a lot less and it's more successful. So it's like I have all of this in like extra time. Not, not a whole lot because I have an infant, but like more than I did before and I'm under less stress and pressure. So then it allows me to do this. To have more mental capacity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been really interesting. And I again, it's like... I feel like I couldn't have done that in how how much I was previously working because yeah. like the whole point is rest, but kind of like a forced rest. Like I will rest. I will rest. And so that's been... That's a process. Yeah. It's been Heck wild. Yeah. But I think it's going to have a good outcome ultimately. So, and it. I'm hoping the outcome will be, you know, my brain doesn't have worms in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have brain bugs. That's what I'm going for. So we'll see. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Random tangent related to that sort of because you're the rabbit and I'm the turtle. Sure. And we talked about how I have all these little turtle figurines around and I never really noticed yeah. it. Going back home, I realized I also have several turtle earrings. So no, like, you don't. That's yeah, so weird. So I just had all these little turtle things everywhere. <laughs> and I never even made the association until we started working together. I believe that – um turtle and tortoise is symbolic of actually like um kind of a mothering maternal because there's I mean, that's legit for, old yeah. stories of you know yeah you're like kind of party mom i remember yeah. you talking about that and kind of like you move slower you think about things yes more intentional yeah and it's yeah it's a very good symbolic representation i think yeah 
Now, granted, I definitely still have the perfectionism issue. That's part of why I use move slower because I'm like looking at every detail. But, uh, but still, it has some yeah. upsides, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I want to become like the mindful rabbit. Like I, I might like that. always be a bit. Yeah, I don't think we can no. change who we like are patterns 100% but yes. we can modify them to make them more efficient and to become more aware and like yeah. you said debug it like yeah. make it so we're doing it in a way that's effective and meaningful and useful for us yeah and not just in like that's response what I mode that's what I should have named the practice the mindful rabbit <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that's really cute. really letting my clientele know where I was going I was gonna, yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love that. I really like that. It's funny. Lots of self-reflection in the matrescence time period. Yes. Mm-hmm. I dig it. So what are we talking about this week? This week, we are finally going to finish up. Uh, finally. Not like it's been that long of a miniseries. <laughs> finally. This week, we're going to finish up our listener request to discuss the counseling episode of The Office, where Michael is required to undergo six hours of counseling with Toby Flenderson as a result of physically punishing his nephew, Luke, in the nepotism episode. Yes, yes. Doesn't he spank him? Yes, he spanks him. <laughs> that is not a way to be professional, Luke. <laughs> you cannot spank a child at work. No, no, that's frowned upon. And, I mean, really, he was kind of a child. He was still, I mean, he was old enough to get hired there. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah. But <laughs> I see you have a side tangent here. I do have a side tangent. <laughs> So Luke, the child in nepotism that Michael Spanks is Evan Peters. That's the actor who plays it. And that's the person who plays Jeffrey Dahmer in the Netflix series. Yo, can I just tell you I watched all of that? You did finally? Yeah. Oh, I just finished it too. What did I watch? What did my eyeballs consume? I could not stop. Like I wanted to stop so much. I wanted to stop, but I could not end that. I had to know that neighbor... Jesus, my whole life, let me just say, I I have never felt more represented as a character in anything than the fucking neighbor of Jeffrey Dahmer. I felt like- Ringing the bells all the time and nobody listening. Yeah, constantly being like, yo, that guy is a serial killer and there is something really bad happening over there and calling the police literally all the time and then being like- just gaslighting her yes like nope this is fine this is totally fine everything is okay and her being like no it's not okay are you sure this is okay right. and i just could not i was like i relate to that character spiritually because i always feel like i'm the first to see this is a crazy situation and to like alert yeah that there is a crazy i'm like that meerkat on the serenade yeah you're the one that like pops it up <laughs> no hey bark 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 the other meerkats start looking around, but only instead they like lay down or like, whatever. Whatever, Charlie. <laughs> Coincidentally, I do bark and maybe that's the problem. <laughs> bark, 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 bark. Anyway, that show was bananas and he played that. He did so good. It was. His, his affect, his, his affect, representation. Yeah. I found myself my, calling myself out for being fucked up because, mm-hmm. I mean, he is very predatory. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he was very... He was making plans. Like, these were very pre- premeditated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I found so much empathy for him. Ugh. And that was disturbing me that I was very empathetic towards him. That's part of the thing that it, it's, I think, the dark side of working in the business we work in is that there are certain things that, like, they are lines. They are lines. These things are not okay, et right. cetera. But you kind of become 
a little warped over time, depending on the environment you yeah. work in. Well, and I worked in the prison. You worked for in the so prison, long. exactly. So I had to, I had to learn how to empathize with that kind of bullshit. Now, I yeah. will acknowledge once he got deeper into his murders and he started being like. No, I didn't do that. Like the yeah. freaking have you ever seen Hotel Transylvania with the freaking gremlin that like eats the scooter and it's like, <laughs> I didn't do that. Like <laughs> he started yeah, becoming that. Yeah. 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 And so that part was annoying and I yeah. was like, fucking makes me think of the inmates. Yeah. But uh but other than that part, like I actually really empathized with him as a character and how he his attachment issues and wanting to like and I was like, This is Michaela. Like no. No. Yeah. Yeah. It is wild. That was I don't know what that I was disturbed ex- me. <laughs> Like, oh, uh, I was just having this, these moments where I was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Like, in my real life, right. I was like, yep. I think I've noticed. Worked with that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was actually. Maybe thinking, not that level of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking more like, I know these people in real life. Like, I've had mm. encounters with people who have some things going on in real life like yeah, that. Yeah. Not in my work life. And I found that I am aided in being less empathetic now that I have personal experiences with it instead of professional experiences. Fair. Like the minute you have personal experiences, like all vestiges of right. kindness and empathy, like just completely delete files from your brain. But I had had more personal experience like that before becoming a therapist. So I was like, I'm an ass. I'm like forever an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're forever the meerkat who's like, no, this is fucked up. And I'm like, oh, that poor lion wants to come and eat the rest of us meerkats. Poor guy. (laughs) No lion ever hugged that poor little lion. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Is this, are meerkats even on the Serengeti? (laughs) Jesus. Anyway, back to the office. Sorry, I had to go on that tangent because it is really impressive to look at the different characters this guy has played. There was like a meme that somebody said, Evan Peters out here collecting serial killer roles like Like Infinity Stones. Yeah, because he has all sorts of crazy serial killer roles that he has played. And I mean, just the acting on him. And he's in therapy from doing this now. Oh, I would definitely like from having to be in this character role. He has went into therapy. So good on you for acknowledging how that fucks you up to get your mindset into that. Yeah, that is great. That's really we should all be in therapy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Literally all of us. It should be like physicals. You know, we should just have a physical every year. We should have like a mental where somebody offers us all sorts of beautiful coping skills and Yeah. Or like at least checks in on that. Be like have like random just check in mental health stuff and then like throw a skill at them. Yeah. Not like as a stigma, but just as routine course of action. Like here you go. Try this out. Anyway, yeah. anyway, sorry for that tangent. I had to make the connection because it was just like, whoa, this is impressive. This is impressive acting. Yeah. So in this episode of counseling, Toby says that he has a social work degree, but he doesn't clarify his level of degree or licensure. What do we think about that? Yeah. My guesstimation is he only has a bachelor's level in social work because yeah. Michael, who's the manager, doesn't even have his bachelor's degree. Right. Because when Ryan goes to school, he is all impressed that Ryan is working on a college yeah. degree because yeah. he doesn't have a degree. Sure. And there's also other points where somebody calls him out, like, what degree do you have? Yeah. So. Yeah, that is interesting. So I, he definitely doesn't have a de- college degree, which means that Toby probably only has a bachelor's. Which means he probably shouldn't be doing therapy. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. So, so you, to track that down, you, probably Toby is not qualified no, to do therapy. No. 
Now in our state, yeah, you're you cannot conduct mental health therapy at all, mm-hmm. and but you can provide some case management for clients. So sure. sometimes there's a little bit of therapeutic stuff. You can refer patients for social and community services. You can hold some entry level positions in a business, mm-hmm. nonprofits, government. So again, you could have an HR yeah. type position. Makes sense. But Toby is not a social worker. No, yeah, that's not a- not that level. Yeah. Yeah. But in Pennsylvania, where the office takes place, individuals hoping to become licensed social workers who practice therapy, they have to obtain at least a master's in social work. So those with a bachelor's can practice in the field in supervised non-licensed roles, but it wouldn't be what Toby looks like, essentially. He would not just be straight providing Michael with therapy. No, no. Uh-uh. And even to do it at the bachelor's level, like with supervision, you have to actually be enrolled in a master's program and have like three years of experience in the field. Yeah. So even if you were a bachelor's in Pennsylvania trying to provide therapy, there's yeah. a lot of other shit. Like you have to be in a co- <laughs> in college for your master's yeah. and have some experience already. Like you don't just all of a sudden start to engage in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like <that's- laughs> Toby's just doing the wild, wild west out there. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> So if he did have the qualifications, just FYI, this would be a conflict of interest. You would never do therapy with a coworker. No, This no. is a multiple role. Some people call it a dual role, role relationship. I think yep. the new term is multiple roles. Okay. You try not to enter into multiple roles as a therapist. Like you are only somebody's therapist. Right. You're not their friend. Right. You're not their If coworker. you know this person, yeah, if they're a coworker, if they're a friend in the community. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, in sometimes small towns, you can't always get around this but like right. even if it's like my our kids go to the same school and we you have to be super careful yeah yeah those things are called dual roles and they are not encouraged because you already have some form of relationship with this person so that's gonna provide a filter and a yeah. layer that you can't work through right and you really need to be neutral and yeah. judgmental in order for the therapeutic process like that's the magic yes of the therapeutic relationship. you're a non-biased third party yeah exactly. and if you have another role or relationship you have some level of bias on something yeah exactly <laughs> now as Michaela said you can't always avoid that right right like it it happens. It's just you have to take as many steps as possible. Right. And this would not and be one of And this is 100% <laughs> not. Like, especially if they said, like, every Dunder Mifflin place has an HR person, like, pulling somebody from a different facility would yeah. make more sense yeah. than using the one in your facility. Absolutely. But, oh, my gosh. And also, let's think about Michael, right? He freaking loves attention. <laughs> loves do you know more than anything. Yeah. Do you know how good he would have done in therapy if it wouldn't have been freaking Toby? Yeah. That's true. And right, exactly. Like, because he actively freaking hates Toby. Yes. <laughs> it's not a good therapist match for him anyway. No. Yeah, that wouldn't, because Toby's kind of like low key, very like calm yes. and not the. Well, and he always shuts down his games. Do, like, you know, do you know who Toby reminds me of that we both have worked together? Oh, God. Name starts with a T. I'll just say that. Full first name starts with a T. He's one of yours. Oh. <gasps> yeah. Oh, even the the voice inflections. I know. Oh, shit. They kind of even look alike. They do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never made that connection. <laughs> One time I was transferring a patient to this guy who I actually like a yeah, lot. He's a good, he's yeah, he's a good therapist. Yeah, he's a really good therapist. And he said to me, Sonny, I don't think that this is going to work as well because I'm not what you would call engaging. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I like cackled at him. He's so self aware and glorious. Anyway. Right. But you do have to think about therapist match and this would right. be like terrible. Well, which is kind of what we talked about in other episodes. Yeah. You have to match with your therapist and mm-hmm. this is just already setting you off for a bad yeah. bad bad match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But although he maybe shouldn't have been, let's just say he shouldn't have been doing one-on-one counseling in Michael's therapy. Let's break it down. Let's just say how he actually did. Let's assume it was okay. Yeah, let's assume he could provide. And we're going to, from a therapist's perspective, how did he do? Yeah. So Toby does express an actual desire to help Michael and suggests they close the blinds for privacy. Good job. Nice start. HIPAA trying. Right. HIPAA, (laughs) HIPAA trying. Michael refuses, of course, because he doesn't want privacy. He wants everyone to see what a big failure Toby is. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect reason to decline privacy. Right. Uh, because Michael doesn't really like Toby, he's real resistant to engaging in the process, which is what we talked about, right? That'd be therapy interfering. Right. Which makes sense. But okay, so Toby has to deal with a resistant client. Michael just sits there staring and refuses to talk. And Toby does a good job of sitting in silence with him. Yeah. And this is like a legit therapeutic skill. So many people feel compelled to fill those silences And let's be honest, Michael is one of those people. Yeah. So Toby kind of just sits there in silence with him, kind of waiting for him. And then Michael's like, I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I would say I don't really, I'm, I don't find the need to use silence as a tool very often, but maybe that's because of my client caseload. I people are just, people are just ready to talk normally for me. Yeah. Same. Now, granted, when I was in the prison, there were occasions that I had to use silence when, you know, I had more resistant people there who didn't think they needed therapy, but were Mm -hmm. kind of forced into therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then I had to use that, especially in some of those groups too. Oh, I believe that. When you're working in like, especially the sex offender groups, the violent Mm -hmm. offenders are more than happy to share their violence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. But but the sex offenders were like, I'm not saying shit. You're going to get murdered. You're going to get straight murdered if you do that. So you, they, you know, you had to really sit in the silence in those groups. I believe that. I could see it with... I've had that when in the rare instances I've worked with adolescents. Mm-hmm. That was definitely yeah, something. Yeah, we're teen. Yeah, youth. Yeah. The youth require some silence from time to time. You're not my mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, nope. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. And I will probably be quiet here for a second while you work through that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, children, if you're doing play therapy, sometimes they just want to p- play quietly. So that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. then you just observe and, and kind of take mental notes of how they're playing and what that looks like. Yeah. And Michael has some adolescent children childlike energy so. yes yeah and and some teen you yep. know so definitely yep. makes sense so tro- toby tries to ask michael a lot of questions michael basically refuses to answer and once he learns that toby isn't going to count sitting in silence towards his required therapy hours which i <laughs> freaking love that he tried to game the system that way he says do you have any idea how angry this makes me and toby responds with tell me yeah that's actually great. It is. Yeah. Yeah. He's an open, it's open-ended. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get him engaged. He's like, I want to know your, what your anger, like, tell me, about tell me that. about it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your anger is an open-ended question, even though it doesn't have a question mark at the end. Right. And of course, then Michael lays on the couch, which isn't super a therapy thing that's done anymore. And he yeah. just starts telling Toby ridiculous stories. And I mean, in the beginning, he does say, like, Toby, can I really tell you anything? And Toby responds with, of course, which, yeah. again, is empathetic. It's genuine. He's mm-hmm. trying to engage him. Mm-hmm. But Michael starts to be ridiculous. <laughs> Further <laughs> resistance. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and he tells Toby fake stories. But Toby knows what he's doing. Yeah. And lets him go on for a while. And he says, come on, Michael. These are all fake stories. Right. And Michael says they've done three hours at that point, which to me, that's a long time to let somebody (laughs) rant for crazy stories. Yeah, yeah. I actually do think that is a kind of a noob thing 
I've mm. noticed like when you are a greener therapist and when you're a little more inexperienced, I've noticed that folks tend to let people go on with no plan talkies for hours and hours and hours and hours. And that doesn't really benefit you or the client. Yeah. Now there is a difference. You want to have an open stance. You want to be open-ended and you want to be non-judgmental and curious. But letting somebody tell you fake stuff for three hours, yeah, that's the mark of somebody who's pretty green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'll acknowledge that I will sometimes let people go on their tangents because if I have tried to redirect them multiple yeah. times and they're not open to my redirection yes. and they're not open to – then sometimes I'm like, all right, so this is how you want to spend your hour. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing, I guess. <laughs> I'm following – I'm getting my backpack and I'm following you on this journey. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Toby then sneakily says, you know, Michael, you're right. You win. This is pointless. We aren't getting anywhere. I got a bunch of fun stuff. In case my daughter ever comes over, why don't we run out the clock by playing games, drawing some pictures, and talking? Yep. I love it. So first of all, we definitely could not do that. Just like as an aside. No. We can't sneak therapy no. to people. Like we <laughs> There has to be consent. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't trick people into therapy, but this it like Assuming that Michael knew he was about to engage in therapy, like, let's assume that that were true in a real therapeutic relationship, saying, let's chat, draw pictures, and play games would not be a terrible way to get somebody engaged. To engage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for Michael, again, because he kind of has that adolescent mindset, he's super excited. He believes he won. He lets his guard down Mm -hmm. and starts to open up with Toby about his childhood and his relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Toby is really using play therapy techniques and skills to help Michael engage in the therapeutic process. Yeah. And play therapy is therapy where you use play to uncover and deal with psychological issues. These techniques are often used with children and teens. However, it can really be effective approach regardless of age, gender, or the nature of the problem. I mean, think of like dementia. I think of, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios yeah. where you can use these kind of techniques. Yeah, of course. anybody can have a difficult time expressing their innermost feelings in words. I've actually had before a client who had, well, this is more than one time, clients who have had difficulty talking about trauma stories, for example, Mm -hmm. and I have them write a creative story about where they're the hero of the story or the villain of the story or they're, they're the main character, they're the protagonist. Yeah. And they create a character world to tell me the story without telling me the story Mm, and uh, you know i've had clients be like i am this superhero and the superhero has these powers and the superhero has these weaknesses and yeah you know and it it's it is in some ways childlike but it's also using myth and narrative to discuss something that's really difficult so this is normal and okay to do it's definitely it's actually really fun as a therapist too and i think it helps clients it's uh approaching a thing that's really challenging without looking at right in the eyeball like right trauma is medusa right then we're wearing sunglasses exactly (laughs) exactly we're gonna add a different layer to this to make it a little more palatable and so we can digest it easier yeah yeah take take small bites yeah and the very act of playing whether it's games arts crafts music dance it really does help a person relax and unwind and art therapy music therapy movement games it can help reveal some of those hidden trauma and promote healing yes it, it has to be under the guidance of an experienced therapist, so probably yeah. Toby would Toby would that not be qualified for that. He would not have that experience, but... <laughs> but it can be good, you know, when somebody who is experienced does it. Yeah. So it's a clever way to engage Michael. He focuses on the games instead of what Toby is saying and Michael is processing. Toby is also asking open-ended questions throughout. It's a great encouraged and vital tool. He's also making reflections throughout that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he's is. picking up on emotion language, which is great. And through listening and asking questions, Toby's able to uncover some possible reasons why Michael wanted to become a manager. 
So his stepfather, who he calls Jeff, respected a baseball manager for taking out a pitcher. Yep. <laughs> he really respected the manager. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh no. Right? <laughs> I think, I think, isn't that Toby's face? Basically, like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and it's interesting, too, because he calls the person Jeff, and then he's like, so your stepfather. Like, he ends up, clear, like, who married my mother? So your stepfather. Oh, yeah, I guess. I never looked at him that way. Yeah, mm. that's very interesting. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. You're like, uh-oh. Yep, yep. <laughs> da, da, da. Yep. And then Toby also determines that Michael has an inherent need to be liked. Wow, shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he once thought his dog ran away to find a kid that he liked, so he avoided parks because he'd fear his dog was playing with another kid. This is so sad. How sad is that? I yeah, know. I know. That absolutely breaks my heart. I know. Oh, my gosh. And Toby notes, like, dogs don't do that. And Michael admits that, like, oh, I've never said that out loud. You're right. That's, like, a ridiculous thought process. And I do think that that's something that happens a lot in therapy. CBT especially. Yeah. When you verbalize those thoughts out loud, sometimes that just gives you a different view on it. And you're like, oh, wait. Yeah. Something about saying something into the world to another Mm -hmm. person's ears, Mm -hmm. it makes something that is bananas, like it makes it clear that it's bananas. You're like, why do I believe that? That doesn't make any Any sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But when you repeat it over and over again in your head, it's crazy how much sense it makes. Right. Yeah. I can catastrophize a whole ass (laughs) apocalypse and that will all make sense to me. And my husband will be like, how would that even happen? Happen? Like, how would that even occur? And I would just like stare at him blankly like, well, first I feel bad and then dot, 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 world explodes. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you, you feel, you realize that there's nothing there's not nothing a connection to there yeah. yeah yeah and that's great then that's what toby's basically doing it's it's challenging negative automatic thoughts and challenging core beliefs without really even being directly challenging right just giving them the light of day yeah exactly now once michael realizes that toby is actually engaging him in the therapeutic discussion because he's like oh that's this isn't therapy <laughs> yeah yeah then he yells at toby for tricking him and fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very fair. Because again, this was not a consensual thing. Mm-hmm. You need to have consent. <laughs> you won't, yeah. We present every client with informed consent. So if you came in, I would say, hey, Michaela, welcome to therapy. Here's what therapy is. Here are the risks and benefits of therapy. Mm-hmm. Here are where I can break your confidentiality if you tell me yep. you're going to harm yourself or somebody else. And here is where I will always keep your confidentiality. Here's how I keep my records. Right. And here's here my the, game plan. Here like, are the types of treatments. Yeah. Yep. And then do you want to do this? Yes right. or no? Yes. <laughs> is this something you are interested in doing? Right. So they need to be understanding the whole time what's happening. Right. And that we're in a therapeutic relationship now. So fair enough that Michael's mad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, very, very fair. That would be like if somebody started like an operation on you like a surgery yeah like you're you're in a doctor's office and then it's like oh i'm just putting a shot in your knee oh i'm just the scalpel i don't know i'm just cutting your knee oh i'm just removing your kneecap you know like yeah like, yeah and then it's like wait this is crazy you know that's a fair thing to be mad about a procedure that you didn't expect correct yeah and you know rather than arguing toby does give up hands michael the office counseling forms and tells him to fill it out how he wants and then fax it to corporate. Yeah, so there is some fairness to that. So we should never, as therapists, be working harder than our clients. That right. is not fair to us. That's no. not fair to the clients. Mm-mm. It doesn't actually get anybody anywhere. Like It doesn't get the clients anywhere and it doesn't get the therapist anywhere. Nope. It's very burnout-inducing for everybody yes. involved. 
And so Toby clearly will have no other way to engage Michael and rightfully he agrees to end the session. He's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Okay, got it. Check, check. Right. Now, because Michael fills out the form in a frustrated haste, he accidentally indicates on the form that he is severely depressed and homicidal. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Check, check, check. (laughs) Yep. So at the end of the episode, Toby tells Michael that he accidentally indicated he was homicidal. And Michael, of course, initially blames Toby for the mishap, but is reminded that he filled out the forms and sent them himself. Toby notes that perhaps he made the mistake on purpose, which Michael's like, you don't make a mistake on purpose, Toby. (laughs) That's not what a mistake is. Yeah. Yeah. But it does lead him to then blame Gabe for the mistake. Which I love blaming Gabe for everything. I know. Gabe is the weirdest, best character in the world. He is an interesting cat. We should break him down sometime. Yeah, we should have done Gabe. We should have done. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the little stick man. Me too. (laughs) I love Gabe. I miss him. Okay, yeah. But anyway, he mocks Gabe. Toby laughs at his mockery. And, you know. (laughs) Because everybody hates Gabe. I know. Yeah. You know, they talk about how people hate Toby, but no, everybody hates Gabe. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Toby Toby is like the old hated one. And now, yeah, there's Gabe somebody is the new, new hated. to bond over. Yes. Yeah. And humor is a great way to build rapport, right? So kind of laughing at his mockery, laughing mm-hmm. at the joke. Like yeah. that was a fair, good move for Toby to, to mm-hmm. build a little more rapport with Michael. Yeah. Humor is great for rapport building. You know, it's so weird in grad school. I feel like there is such a stick up the butt of all grad schools of like, you can't laugh at things like you have to be always very, very, very professional. But mm, in the real world, yeah. you go out there and it's like, if you act like a robot, people are going to be freaked out by you. No one's going to want to talk to you, man. No, no. You have to be a person. And I don't think that's all grad schools that have sticks up their butt, but I notice some do. And mm-hmm. it's, you're going to have to laugh at some jokes. I mean, calm down. We're all okay here. Right. This is, I mean, physicians laugh at jokes, nurses yeah. laugh at jokes. This well, is and okay. Is, if you have any skill, you're going to know when is a time to laugh and yeah. when is not a time to laugh, right? <laughs> yeah, like, when's the time for a follow up question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are, there are moments that the laughter is helpful. And I mean, yeah, if you would, if they have just shared something really deep and you laugh at them, yeah, of course that's not going to be, but this is a moment that it is. Yeah, absolutely. And, that rapport was a real smart move because Michael openly offers to return to the break room with Toby and, quote, bang this out. And we see them both talking and drawing pictures at the end of the episode. And it's it's really interesting because Toby does a lot of things here that are successful of building rapport with a difficult client. So mm-hmm. he does the open-ended questions. He uses humor. And he also uses silence, but then he, like, gives up the reins at one point. Yeah. He's like, okay, if this is not what you want, then you are ultimately in control of your own future. Make your choices. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed that whenever I just kind of, like, let go of the reins, let go of control. And I kind of say, you're at the center of this. You decide. Right. This is healthy. People want that. People want to be in charge. People want to know what their own health is going to look like. They want to decide. They want to have agency. Mm-hmm. And that's a healthy, normal response. And a lot of times with resistant clients, that's a good thing to try. That's 100%. Yeah. yeah. If they're resistant, then they were coerced slightly into yeah. coming into therapy. Uh-huh. So giving them the reins and saying, this is your therapy. Like, yeah. you're the one driving this bus, man. Yeah. God, I 
if somebody were just trying to tell me what to do, I'm resistant as a person anyway. Same. We've mentioned our oppositional yeah. tendencies. <laughs> that would drive me bananas and I would not engage with them. I would no. have to have somebody who was really letting me drive the bus. Yep. And th- I think that's true for most resistant clients. And I know I'd be resistant, so <laughs> I'm not even, even going to pretend. I'm not even going to pretend. And I actually see that resistance as healthy. Like, clients, to some degree, yeah. Yeah, definitely. because like a lot of times it's like, you can use that strength for people because they have like really good ego strength. You know, they're trying to like fight something so you can direct that fight towards right. fighting something that's a problem for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like not, we don't have to view everything as Right. We don't have to fight against each other. We're on the yeah. same team. Let's fight against that thing. Yeah. Exactly. But you're in charge and you're calling the shots. You're the commander. Yeah. You're the commander in chief. I'm just going to shoot at it with you. Right. <laughs> we are going to shoot at depression together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, when they're drawing pictures at the end, Toby does do a good job also of kind of breaking down the possible meaning with Michael's drawing, which is an art therapy technique. Mm -hmm. So he says, why is Angela taller than Dwight? I wonder why it feels like that. Great question. And we all know why it feels like that. (laughs) Exactly. And if you look, Angela's like pointing at Dwight in that picture. And there's like a tiny little cat at her feet. <laughs> I'm like we we know why that is because <laughs> she's in charge. Yeah, Toby then slyly looks and smiles at the camera as he's getting Michael to engage in the therapeutic process. Yeah, which is it does feel like that straight up. Like yeah. sometimes when you win, yes. on a really like, tough one, you're like, I did it. Yeah, like, you feel really, especially with teenagers. Oh my god, with teenagers, uh, when you're like, you've got a really resistant one, but you know you can be helpful for that person. Yeah, and they're you know they kind of come around and you're actually getting somewhere it is like the best feeling in the world it is is when you get a cat to like you basically (laughs) yeah like when a cat like hates everybody but likes you right that random stray cat that won't let anybody approach it and now all of a sudden you you've gotten it to kind of come to your yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the good stuff right there those are some good ego pellets So all in all, Toby did a decent job of being a therapist during the episode. I mean, all the, like, it's obviously a joke, so we are not going to get on the little tiny minutiae, but once we assume that he's a qualified therapist and he got consent, not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad. I do think it's funny. They end this episode with Ryan spouting off several rude things about mental health providers, (laughs) and I just, (laughs) the whole thing, it's like, are you kidding me? (sighs) He's like psychiatrists tend to be more crazy than their patients therapists are whores <laughs> psychiatry is a narcissism machine i learned more from dr seuss than dr freud earth you don't have to be crazy to live here but it helps i don't know just use the best one <laughs> ryan is so goddamn narcissistic <laughs> i know <laughs> He is he is brilliant i actually thought it was really funny more than anything i think like you know how attorneys Either they love attorney jokes or they hate them. I I like love psychology jokes. I think they're so funny. And like the more terrible, like how much they're making fun of the field, the better. Yeah. Because I like on some level, I'm like, you're feeling some type of way, huh? Right. Like, it's kind of like a yes. weird, like, uh-huh. I don't know. I think well, it's I, funny. It makes me wonder too, what kind of uh, touches with therapists he's had. You know what I mean? Like, or, or <laughs> yeah. psychiatrists or. Right. You're like. But, it, but again, because he's narcissistic, so nobody can be better or smarter than me. Yeah. Like, so that's these what people are all stupid. That's exactly what it is. I yeah. loved it so much i actually genuinely enjoy things like that i'm like ooh, what did they call that (laughs) behavioral data yeah behavioral data (laughs) (laughs) so for today what are we going to try for our outside of podcast experiment 
Well, I thought today, well, or this week, not today. (laughs) (laughs) Just today only. Only today. Only today. I want to do kind of my own either play, art, or creative therapy for myself. Oh, that's fun. Just do something kind of playful or creative or artsy, one Mm -hmm. kind of little thing. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what I decide. But obviously, I'm not doing like legit therapy, but I'm going to do something that's fun related sort of to it. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I'm picking almost the exact same thing. A friend's birthday, two friends' birthdays are coming up, and I, we both draw, we both did the cover of our podcast. We did our own podcast art, so it's like- Awesome. We're, we're you know, no, yeah. you and I did that. Oh, I thought you were saying that this other person also has a podcast <laughs> no, 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 and did no. their own art. No, like dot, I get it dot, now. dot, Never you mind. and I did that. Yes, we did. Comma. <laughs> so we, we both have some skill in that area, and so I thought- well, instead of just buying something, I've noticed that people tend to like it when I make them something better. So I thought I'd make a card for this person with their Aww. dogs on it. Yeah. So Aww. maybe they could keep the dogs or something on the card. I don't know. I thought I it was like nice. That. Yeah. And then I can get my creative fill, but also at the same time, I'm not spending money on something that's nonsense. That's another thing I've noticed when I'm, the more I'm off work, I'm like, oh my God, I was spending so much money on convenience and like consumerism mm-hmm. and that's all bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And why don't I actually just make something from the heart that matters to people and uses my skills and makes Mm -hmm. me feel good? It's like when you have time, you can actually do stuff like that. Yeah. It's wild. Well, and I mean, if you think about it too, when we're in that grind mode, not only is it the convenience, but it's also like a distraction. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're Mm -hmm. we're so burnt out and we're so just go, 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 go that we need like a tiny little, that's how we're getting our pellets. Yeah. (laughs) Right? It's like, I just need a little impulse. Oh, I bought something. Something got to give me dopamine. Quick. Right now. I don't have time (laughs) to do a creative project. I just need some dopamine now. I need that fast hit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That quick energy. Mm-hmm. the goo pack if you will <laughs> like when runners eat those goo packs real oh, quick God. yeah anyway well, so I'm just gonna try to do a little art I love that and I mean yeah I think about how many cards people throw away if it's one that's like handmade yeah yeah and it's got a picture on it you know and of their puppies yeah exactly puppies. who would throw away a picture of your puppies no kidding right so uh do you have a joke for me this week I have a couple ooh, ooh. at first I thought my therapy for Stockholm syndrome was useless but now I kind of like it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I couldn't remember if I told this one before, but because we referenced Freud at the very end with Ryan, yeah. I, I was going to use it. So do you know what a Freudian slip is? What? It's when you say one thing, but you mean your mother. I mean, <laughs> I mean another. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clever, right? I like that. I like that. What do you call a show where people laugh at you while you get your therapy? Uh, dinner and a movie? <laughs> I don't know. Dr. Phil. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Phil is not a real therapist. I know. I know. But I know we all funny. get so mad. <laughs> all the therapists are so mad. Side note, I know this is like, I probably should have used this for the next episode, but I saw a thing on Instagram and I don't know if it's true or not. I need to go do follow-up research. This is, it was on one that was making fun of Dr. Phil, that social workers in England are the most stressed out job, or in the UK. They did a study and it was like the most stressed out job. Interesting. Yeah. I need to follow up on that. I don't know the veracity of that, but I could totally believe it. I could totally believe it, for sure. Well, again, I think the thing, I mean, with social workers, there's so many different broad jobs that you do, and Mm. a lot of them are like scraping shit off the bottom of stuff kind of job. You know what I mean? Like, they're bottom of the barrel jobs, unfortunately. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, fun fact. 
sex. Fun. <laughs> Real fun. Real yeah. Fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning into our office episodes yeah, this week. Yeah, hope and you we, guys had fun. Yeah, hope you guys had a wild ride. And we will see you next week. Thanks yeah. so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.